0: and on TuneIn, iHeart, and on Odyssey. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer.
1: Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. So the U.S. added... 372,000 jobs in June, according to the Labor Department, announced uh, just a bit ago. So, wait, are, are we going to a recession or not? What's, what's happening? Uh, because uh, that uh, number that was just reported, combined with um, James Freeman's uh, monthly distillation of what uh, NFIB's chief economist, William Dunkelberg, has to say about the environment for small business, Owners of small U.S. firms went on a hiring bid last month and continue to raise compensation to attract and retain scarce workers. It's, uh, as Freeman comments, it's especially odd considering that uh, owners of small firms are more pessimistic about future business conditions than they've been in at least 48 years, according to the, uh, N- the uh, NFIB survey. So we anticipate things are going to slow down or worse, but yet we're hiring and increasing our labor costs. What's going on here? Well, let's ask somebody with more knowledge on these matters than me. Uh, that would be Jim Perry, uh, Senior Vice President and Partner at Arbor Research. Jim, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good
2: morning, Dan. Thank you. Uh,
1: so so we're, we're all this talk of the R word and yet we see the jobs number and we see what you just heard me describe from NFIB.
2: Right. Um, I guess the biggest thing to talk about here is the sort of macro metrics behind these kind of short term weekly and monthly numbers. Um, You and I have talked about this several times. You know, this this pandemic has really changed what we use in terms of tools to measure where the economy is going, right? We've never done this before, right? $10 trillion worth of stimulus in in basically two years changed the whole economy. And um, not to mention all the social and and psychological things that it's done to workers and commuting and children and schools and all that sort of stuff. But the bottom line is that, you know, the risk assets that we have uh, as um, savers, right, Um, have had a tremendous boost over the last few years, uh, largely due to the printing of money. And what I think people need to sort of embrace as the sort of truism of all truisms is that the stimulus that the government has provided um, savers is over, right? And uh, that became very, very clear on January 4th, first trading day of the year. And, you know, the stock market is down... Twenty. The S and P is down twenty percent this year, right? And it's retraced almost forty uh, percent of the whole rally from the pandemic lows. So, a lot of people are hoping and wishing that you know this bear market is over, but it's it's not.
1: Well, you had to, um, just to, to that point, and again, the R word um, uh, to uh, uh, eggheads from uh, one from Johns Hopkins and. Uh, Yeah, well, both are from Johns Hopkins, actually, Uh, writing in the Wall Street Journal about uh, Fed policy and Jerome Powell's misunderstanding of what he doesn't understand or misexplanation of what he doesn't seem to understand or want to. They write uh, that recession is coming and that elevated inflation will continue for some time, at least 12 to 24 months. Uh, So what does that portend for... Uh, job creation in the near term.
2: Right. Well, two things there. First of all, you know, econometric academics might have an idea of where interest rates are going, but they have no idea how long it's going to take to get there. So the idea that they've got a target of 12 to 24 months is kind of silly because Mm -hmm. 24 months ago, the whole world was completely different than it is now and nobody got it right. So let's just put the time frame out there. The first thing is, you know, the Fed is going to raise interest rates on July 27th by 75 basis points. And um, Jerome Powell has been very clear and he's been given a directive from the administration that inflation is the priority of the administration and of the Fed. And interest rates remain historically way too low and it's easy to say Powell missed it and all that sort of stuff but you know a lot of people missed it hindsight is genius right um, but with the fed funds rate at 175 basis points at the upper bound and and two year notes that are trading at you know 310 basis points you've got you've got 150 basis points of fed tightening between now and the election just to get back to normal so you got july 27th September 21st, and then another Fed meeting right before the election on November 2nd. And I think the Fed's going to move three times.
1: Well, so then, then what? Are, what are the prospects that we're in a stagflationary environment with uh, negative growth, high interest rates, high right. inflation, job loss? We're,
2: correct. Uh, that's 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 the story. It's a stagflationary environment, and it's it's a mess. Um, interest rates are going up. And growth is going down. I mean, Q1, the first quarter of this year, GDP came in at minus 1.6%. And if you look at the Atlanta Fed uh, now forecast for GDP in Q2, which will get toward the end of the end of the July, it's minus 2%. So you've had six months of negative growth, right? That, I mean, it used to be that the definition of a recession was three months. Now they have to say two quarters. But, you know, we are in a recession now with Rising wages and rising food and energy prices and that's killing Half the workforce right people that live paycheck to paycheck are very close to it Mm -hmm. And the administration knows that and they're gonna be in trouble in November if they don't try to pretend at least that they're addressing it
1: Well, how high do you think uh, you know like a 30-year fixed mortgage rates gonna go and how long is it gonna stay there?
2: That's a good question Amy. Um, I think I'll be able to answer that more clearly in about two months. (laughs) Let's see what happens after this next uh, Fed hike on September 21st, which is still, you know, it's 10 weeks away. A lot can happen through July and August. Um, I think at the margin, what's happening here is that the Fed is going to raise interest rates uh, and cool demand and bring inflation down or try to. And the only way they can do that, the only tool they have, is basically to nuke your brokerage account, right? They have to destroy demand, <laughs> and uh, that's coming. And I think I let, don't
1: think let, they're going to sell it quite that way. We're going to nuke your brokerage no. account to uh, you know, reduce but, inflation. But yeah, I hear you. But let's
2: call it if it quacks, let's call it a duck. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what's happening. That's uh, the only thing they can do.
1: Well, the, one of thing they could well not the Fed, but the federal government. One other thing they could do, particularly with respect to energy prices, is increase supply and not export uh, increasingly scarce fuel like the administration has been doing. I I note a couple of things going on with these uh, green energy ideologues. Uh, We see a farmer's strike in the Netherlands. We talked a little bit earlier in the show. That's getting really chippy with the government because the government has essentially seized the land of farmers through – because right. the, so they can comply with UN climate goals for emissions. Uh, so that, that's having, the other story out of Germany, so I'm, I'm fig- we got unrest over fuel and food prices in a lot of places around the world, but I'm focusing on Western European nations because, right. oh, it can't happen here, for the it can't happen here crowd. In, in Germany, Germany's largest, Germany's largest residential landlord, uh, the owner of about 490,000 properties is set right. to impose energy rationing that will cut heating to tenants at night in response to failing gas imports, uh, falling, excuse me, gas imports from Russia. Half a million right. properties, the tenants of half a million properties in Germany are going to have to call Mike Lindell and get a my pillow blanket yes. uh, because they're not going to have gas at night to heat their joint.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the whole, you know, clean energy um and the and, uh, ESG kind of initiatives coming out of Europe and here, of course, these are, these are inflationary, right? I mean, all it does is increase prices. And when you've got, you know, a, a Russian invasion of Ukraine on top of that, you know, Europe's really in trouble. I don't know if you've seen the Euro recently, but it's a, it's a parody against the Swiss franc and very close to it against the dollar. So the European economy is just collapsing. And when politicians use, these gas tax gimmicks and even Biden's doing it, you know, everybody, everybody that trades oil knows that the production of oil in this country is still down eight to 10% from the day Biden took office. Right. And that's not going to get rolled back after the election. So we used to be an independent uh, energy producer and now we're not. And then um, the gas barrel of oil was $30 a barrel the day Biden took office and it was 90 the day Putin crossed the Ukraine border. So for Biden to sit here on national television and tell everybody that this is Putin's fault is absolutely ludicrous. Barrel of oil was at 300% before Putin did anything, and since then it's at less than 10. So everybody in the markets knows that these are gimmicks and clean energy ideas and deflecting the fact that we're in a stagflationary environment.
1: And uh, before we let you go, I always want to get the crypto question, uh, because I know you're you're watching uh, cryptocurrencies and you're trying to, you know, this, we're, we're learning from you as you're learning from what's happening out there. And with, uh, you know, Bitcoin hovering around, what, 21 grand now, um, right. uh, what you see happening in terms of, um, it, 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 you talked about what's happening in the markets and people's brokerage accounts getting nuked, what you see happening in the crypto markets and where right. where that's likely to go.
2: Since the highs in the crypto market, and especially in the last sort of three to six months, what we have learned is that in an investment portfolio, that asset, the uh, Bitcoin, just to keep it simple, uh, is an asset that correlates very, very highly to the NASDAQ, which is the most volatile of the stock indices that we have, right? So instead of being a haven or a hedge, to the capital markets, it's really become part of the risky asset component of anybody's portfolio. Right. And Warren Buffett's right. There is no intrinsic value to a Bitcoin. But the fact is that it does it does have a return. Right. So there is a value to it. And frankly, you know, we are going toward digital currencies as a country and as a global economy. That's that's happening. Um The reason Bitcoin is here is because of the inefficiencies in the central clearing system that exists around the world, the central banks, Europe, Asia, and here. And it's too expensive, and the big banks in all of these regions make a fortune off of people's uh, daily transactions. So the the blockchain ledger, which is encrypted, is peer-to-peer and person-to-person transactions that uh, gives you price discovery. Now, that is a very libertarian exciting, growing sector of this world and of the global economy. It is going to exist and continue to push back against central clearing. So all the libertarians out there are thrilled about this. As an asset for somebody that's got 10 grand in savings or hundred grand in savings to put, you know, 50% of your money in something that is uh, uh, correlated to the NASDAQ, that's a really risky bet, right? Nobody really knows what it's worth. Nobody knows what Tesla's worth. Nobody knows what, you know, Amazon is really worth. Um, So does Bitcoin have a risk to it? Sure it does. It's a really risky asset. Do I own some? I do from a long time ago. And I I never look at it because I don't know what the price is. But I think that um, what has happened over the last several months is that we've recognized that it's a risky asset. And a lot of people that bought things, just like in the dot-com boom, 90% of the money went into it uh, after it's increased in price by 90%, and everybody lost their money. And that's kind of where we are here. So now it's back to the professionals. They're going to say, okay, what's this thing worth? Well, we'll find out in the next two years or five years. That's probably lower than here, but the uh, usage of the blockchain will continue to expand by hundreds of percentage points per year.
1: He is Jim Perry, senior vice president and partner at Arbor Research. Jim, thanks as always, appreciate it.
2: Dan, Amy, thank you. Bye-bye, have a good
1: week. Thank you, and he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line.
0: It's like a hot steaming cup of information. To start your day, it's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM 560, the answer. Have you ever gone to the grocery store hungry? Big mistake. Next thing you know, you're in your kitchen unloading all these extra items you don't need, saying, what did I do? That's kind of like someone who goes into retirement without an income plan. You file for Social Security too early, start pulling from your savings, and two years later, you look at your balance and say, what did I do? Tom Fortino and the team at the Alpha Wealth Group can help you build a complete retirement plan that includes everything you need and nothing you don't, starting with the bedrock of any retirement, an income plan. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Tom Fortino now at 630-934-1855. That's 630-934-1855 and find him online at alphawealthgroup.com. Advisory services through Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, a SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois.
1: Folks, unless you haven't stepped outside and felt the sun's rays, it's July, the hottest month of the year. Did you know that last July was the hottest month on record in human history? You can't see me, but I'm